guys, my name is Sherry Koko and welcome back to my podcast. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the stigma that comes with mental health disorder. I might not have mentioned this since the beginning of my podcast, but I might have a few mental health issues and I've like been at the clinic for it, I guess. So there was a time I had this panic attack and then after my whole episode I heard the nurses saying oh she was being just overly dramatic and attention seeking. Ooh that heated a nerve. It struck a nerve. In fact it struck even I was I was almost moved to tears. I almost fled up like there was just things running in my head actually not like i was almost moved to tears i cried after hearing that statement because he's not like i actually want to be in that position do you get i never meant to be this way but it's the way i am so what make me feel crappy about it it was just like a really shitty day and the nurses who were meant to be health workers made it even shittier so welcome to my episode on the stigma behind mental health that is one of my personal experience and i shall get my other people to tell you about their personal experiences in the next segment stick with me and learn what people with diagnosed mental health issues have to live with because of this society Thank you. Hi guys, my name is Afrina and I'm going to be speaking on mental stigmatizations most people, more especially individuals, go through in the society, especially in countries like ours, underdeveloped countries. Um people actually go through a lot like mentally and the older generations don't take it seriously because they feel like okay they i feel like they just don't believe in it and everything so they have this way of just bringing you down when you speak about your mental health and everything they're like you don't have problem you don't have a problem or you don't know what is doing like stuff like that and it's actually not nice because you know what is wrong with you you know you're having issues and you even have like the courage to seek for help and they just like looking down on you and making you look stupid for asking for help they make you feel like it's not real what you're feeling is not real whereby it actually is real and you're feeling it and we really need to work on it because you go to hospitals where there are like lots of you know older people there and when you speak about your issues most of them just like look at you like when you're ready when you have issues come back do you understand and it's actually i should say traumatizing for lots of people it makes them feel even lower it's it's demoralizing stuff like that so yeah Thank you so much Afrin for that beautiful and short talk I can actually relate to what you spoke about because I've had times 
uh, my family members to set things like it's all in your head or why are you being like this or what exactly is your problem and it's things it's things i must say and i think we have to do more as people as humans we have to learn and unlearn we have to do more yeah thank you very much so we have somebody else to talk to us about the stigmatization faced by mental health I won't say victims. No, we are not victims. No, people struggling with mental health issues. Hello, everyone. I'm here to talk about mental health stigma and what we facing mental health challenges go through when stigmatized so a few days ago Shaifa met me and was like I want you to speak about the stigma you face when going through your mental health disorder and I was like hmm Shaifa I don't know if I'll be able to because when she approached me I was actually battling a panic attack and I'm quite proud of myself that I'm able to overcome my panic attacks myself i've gotten to that stage and i didn't want a situation where i let it out all day and i get stigmatized again but i now told myself that people needed to be sensitized sensitized about what mental health is and what people facing mental health challenges go through and they need to understand us and be able to treat us better, treat us human. So, last year, I met Sharifa and I was like, Sharifa, I need to meet the psychiatrist that you go to because I had acknowledged that I was, the sadness I was feeling wasn't just normal it was a sadness that has been there for long i cry uncontrollably i was having suicidal thoughts i was withdrawn from society didn't chat more i didn't link up more i just wanted to be on my own and i'm not an introvert per se but i won't say i'm an extrovert but let's say in the middle i'm an ambivert so i knew that that wasn't me i felt so empty so unworthy so unloved and i was like sheriff i really need to meet the person that you see there was this voice at the back of my head that told me that i was depressed but i didn't want to accept the fact that i was depressed so i remember it was october i went to the hospital booked a session with the doctor and i met him and i talked to him i spoke about all the little challenges i had gone through and he was like let me tell you the truth you are depressed and it didn't really come as a shocker to me i won't say i was like completely shocked that he said that 
but it's actually dawned on me that the first thing that came to my mind was you are not normal you are not happy you are broken that was the first thing that came to me and he told me that he would like to see me again and I came and I spoke to him and he was like okay I'm going to put you on some drugs and the first thing that came to my head was like wow you're so unhappy that you have to depend on drugs to be happy wow wow how sad that's what I kept on telling myself so um, I was placed on Floxectin and Diaspam and I think a week after I went home no, it was flogging and carbamazepine at first. A week after I went home, school closed, and my parents still hadn't known that I had gone to a therapist, a psychiatrist, and I was diagnosed of depression. And one reason I didn't want to tell them was they weren't feeling fine as at that time. Both my parents weren't feeling fine as at that time, and. Honestly, I didn't just want them to say, wow, my daughter is unhappy. That was what was in my mind. So I came back home and my parents told me, they were like, oh, Hafsat, you are so lean. Um, you have become darker. Your eyes look sad. I was like, oh, it's stress of school, medicine and all of that. And they're not like, okay just rest and i told myself maybe maybe because i was trying to deny it that have said maybe it's not actually depression you're going through even though that i knew that over the years i've been having like bouts of sadness and the suicidal thoughts but i just maybe i thought that was a teenage phase because it happened since like years two when i was being verbally bullied and all of that and i was like okay also stress over medicine but after a while i couldn't deny it that i wasn't happy so it was now how to break it to my parents because i knew i still i still had to go for some therapy sessions i still needed to talk to someone and I wanted, I didn't want to talk to someone that I knew, funny enough. I did talk to a complete stranger because I felt like I was going to be judged. I was going, people wouldn't really understand. I wanted to talk to someone that at least may I understand what I was going through. So, one night, my mom was watching Z World and she was sitting on the chair and I came and sat on the rug and I told her, Mommy, I'm going to tell you something and I don't want you to worry. I'm okay and I'm I'm going to be okay. Then she was not like worried already. I was like, Mommy, do not worry because my mom is someone that frets a lot. So I calmed her down and I was like, I went to see a psychiatrist. The week before I came home and I am suffering from depression and my mom was 
shocked that was the word to say she was shocked and she was so she was like when did this happen when did it start and i was like it happened way from secondary school and yes i'm not blaming anybody for not noticing the changes because i'm growing everybody might have thought um i'm trying to find myself i might have been quiet and withdrawn maybe you guys thought i was an introvert so i'm not really blaming anybody and she was not i told her that i've also been taking some drugs and she was like wow 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 and she was like does your father know i was like no it's just you for now but the funny thing is um before i actually met the psychiatrist my immediate elder brother had always been someone that i spoke to when i felt sad or down i told him i was sad i was down and he was always there to cheer me up but i felt i think I felt much more lost and I didn't feel that much support because he had to travel out for his masters so I think that was when it really hit me that I'm all alone so I went I spoke to my dad and it was almost like they were in denial like how can this be happening and all of that so um my dad was like okay you're going to see a doctor who try to make you better um it's not actually your fault and all of that so i was quite should i say happy that he understood what i was saying and also i had been taking the fluxectin that i was giving at i was giving at school and I was having muscle spasms and dizziness and all a lot of side nasty side effects. So it was actually I actually had to see a doctor. So I went to the hospital. I met this really nice doctor. God help me to survive. Really helped me. Her name was Doctor Megida. I spoke to her about everything I was facing, and then I learned began to realize that I wasn't as comfortable with that doctor than I was with the female doctor mostly because that other doctor was a male and I felt conscious I felt shy I felt scrutinized because I spoke to her I realized I opened up more I cried I was able to feel much just a lighter when I spoke everything and I realized that there were certain things that I had pushed to the back of my head like certain memories that I had locked and I didn't want to talk about I spoke about the bullying I spoke about my family I spoke about my assault I spoke about like so many different things I spoke about my addictions and I they, um, I'm addicted to chocolate yes but I have so many other nasty addictions so I spoke to her 
told her about my alter ego and she made me understand that yes okay this isn't normal but you are going to be fine and i didn't really get it from the other doctor maybe because i had already i wasn't really as open to him than i was to the other doctor who i felt quite like happy that okay yes this is my journey to an, an almost normal life so i we had a session for almost two hours and she was like you know what you're facing you're facing anxiety disorder depression and borderline schizophrenia so i told her about the um side effects i was facing with the drugs and all of that and she was like okay you're going to change your drugs i'll put you on sexualine i was taking risperidon and carbamazepine now I, I felt like this was where i needed so much support and understanding like i needed people to actually understand oh shit i needed people to actually understand that this is what i'm going through i don't make i don't say a big force of it but so much pre-imposed opinions and it was terrible as of that time i got back home and my parents were like what i'm going through isn't um should i say isn't normal isn't mental it's spiritual and i remember they called um this malam and there was this woman too that came they'll sit me down for hours and they'll pray 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 for me they give me so many different concussions to drink to rob and I told myself I kept on trying to find excuses like oh wow it's because they care about you so much they just want to make sure that they trick every possible means and they leave no stone untouched but I felt I felt so unwanted like oh um you know there are little jokes that they also make especially coming from my dad and he was like okay i also have mental health disorder i don't know if he was trying to make make me feel better or they'll tell me that there's something wrong with you that if this doesn't work we'll take you to sokoto where, where there are other bigger malams there they'll pray for you and all of that and I felt like that was actually when I even started breaking down more because kept on I kept on telling myself, okay, what if I'm actually possessed as the claim as I as I am? I am sorry, I say as I am, but um what if the drugs are actually not going to work? Or I have to depend on all these things. I didn't feel comfortable around there anymore because I felt like oh do you make a joke and you think it's harmless and is going to pass and as of that time i was having exams 
so coupled with this um stress i was facing from okay um my parents from people outside and all of that and exams sorry i am beginning to sound and exams everything just wore me down and i broke down and i was like god help me i can't do this i can't do this i started taking so much coffee i started staying up so late coupled with the drugs i was taking and i had a very very bad turnout um i actually attempted suicide not just thinking about it and i told myself what if my brother wasn't awake as at that time what if someone hadn't stopped me certain things that i loved doing people thought that because i wasn't mentally um okay i shouldn't be able to do it i love cooking i wasn't able to cook i couldn't go out as much as i wanted to and whenever i had my panic attacks people always looked at me like oh this one has started again or um what is wrong with this girl but especially when i went out i remember there was an issue i had there was a panic attack i had at the bank i went for to do my bvn and i started having the panic attack and this man met me that i said ah, so is it because um well, your bvn is taking time that you're acting like this us too we have been waiting on the line you know, and things like that and i couldn't just wait i just left the bank um my dad wasn't with me he dropped me off i um got a tricycle keke and i was like dropped that means he was going to take me to where i was going to he wasn't going to pick any other person and i went home and i kept on telling myself i said you can fight it if you have a panic attack here well nobody is going to be able to take you home i couldn't even place a call and the man with the keke driver was actually quite nice he was like is there somebody I can call? I was like, and I was skeptical. I didn't want to give anybody my phone. I was not like, no, just take me to Perfect Finish Hotel. Um, that was like the nearest landmark to my house, and I'll find my way there. So he dropped me off at Perfect Finish, and I ran. I like. I felt like I needed to get home. I needed I thought that I felt like that was my safe place. I needed to be in my room. And people were looking at me like is this girl mad? Is she okay? Somebody like oh god, I could just I can still remember the stairs I was getting and I got to the gate and I was banging it, ringing the bell, banging the gate. And the um security man opened it and he was looking at me like Hey, you're waiting there at his house. Uh, he, was, he was like, what is happening? And all of that. And I just pushed him aside and ran in and took my drugs and tried to calm down. And as at this time, luckily for me, I think my parents actually began to understand that it wasn't spiritual. I just needed 
to be loved and just needed to be accepted and they actually tried to calm me down even though my dad seen me some little jokes that i still didn't like so i took my drugs i felt so much better well kept on t- i kept on getting scared anytime i was going out because i felt like everybody was going to look at me like oh is this this girl that was running around and crying and I felt like people want to talk to me and all of that. I just wanted to be in my house all day. I didn't talk to my friends that much anymore. So, there's a few occasions when I go out, people look at me. And, I'm, and I noticed this kind of like distance they'll give me. My neighborhood, this distancing they'll give me. They won't really talk to me don't exchange pleasantries and i was like wow okay so i'll just what i would just do is plug in my plug my ears in and listen to music and just keep on going sometimes on the road actually because of the amount of stairs and i felt like the news had traveled for ah that girl that stays in the house do you know that this 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 oh she, she acts like this and all of that oh god it was bad it was terrible people kept looking at me somehow and i remember there was this girl i won't say we're friends but we always exchange pleasantries and she came and met me one time as i was walking on the road and she was like are you okay she was like from a distance almost as if i was a monkey cage a wild baboon or something and i was not like you can actually talk to me and i tried to explain it the best way i could try to make her understand that there's something called mental health and we needed to take care of it i spent almost 30 minutes talking to the girl and I won't say she understood 100%, but I think she got what I was talking about. Because anytime I went out and people start talking to me that way, she kind of like reprimanded them. And I felt like, wow, I have someone looking out for me. And before you know it, it was way, way way better i felt happier because i'm someone that loved my strolls i felt more at peace when i went for my strolls i didn't first feel like i was being judged and also i had friends that were going through one mental health disorder or another and they were there they were always watching out for me even when I couldn't come early, they wanted to come and come resume early. Sorry, they always were like, "Oh, should we come there? Should we, um, are you doing fine?" And yes, I might have not like I had withdrawn a little bit from social media. I wasn't talking as much, but they made sure that I, like they could check up on me. My parents understood. Even though up to now my dad still makes like some little jokes, and I know that doesn't do it like to 
rile me up or things like that. She's just trying to make light, like make the situation not as tensed up as I think it is. And he's so sweet. Like I remember in his only two way, he did little things to make me happy. Gave me money for shopping. Um, took me out whenever I wanted, and a lot of really nice things happened though. But one thing I know I will never forget is the way I felt whenever I went out and people looked at me and engaged in small like side talks and made me feel like I wasn't normal. I wasn't okay. The fact that I'm going through a mental health disorder doesn't mean that I'm not normal it just means that I need to be understood I shouldn't be pushed away pushing people away doesn't it's it's actually like worsens the case for a lot of us because some of us actually need like affection we need care we need to be understood we need to, someone I need someone to hug me and tell me that you know what you're going to go through, you're going to get past this and you're going to be fine and come with me no matter how bad it gets I'm going to be there for you we don't need to feel lonely we don't need to feel unworthy of your presence you are just like me we're both humans just that I have a lot much going on in my mind so when you see someone suffering from a mental health disorder don't just make conclusions or don't think the person is weak don't try to say oh I can't deal with this one like people will see it's grace and all of that yet I you, you have to like understand us don't make so many oh god I think I'm beating around the bush what I'm trying to say is I'm getting it quite emotional is once you see someone no matter who the person is be kind to everyone treat everyone with respect because you don't know what the person is going through snide remarks aren't deserving like nobody deserves like to be judged you are not God you don't have the right to judge anybody you don't know if the person is like me the person has been bullied the person had different upbringing or the person had been assaulted or the person person just has so much to think about person might be suffering from PTSD person might be bipolar so please always be kind to people try to understand a person before actually making so many conclusions or giving your opinion about something try to understand how a person will feel about it so i don't know if i made so much sense because 
I was a bit emotional but I hope that my own little story about the stigma I faced will actually help you understand what people going through mental health disorders face when stigmatized and we need all the love and support that we can get and as I say be kind to others Thank you so much, Hafsat, for that very beautiful segment. Like, thank you so much for sharing. Must have taken a lot of courage, and I'm glad you did share, and I'm proud of you. I'm sure your story is going to touch a lot of people and make it different. And I wish more people would come out to share their story, to demystify the concepts and reduce the stigma, because... We are people too, and one thing we also do unknowingly is stigmatize stigmatize ourselves. We bully ourselves and we treat ourselves like we would never treat other people. I remember when I was giving my diagnosis to, like, the things that were going through my head, like, oh, I'm crazy. I'm, I'm pretty sure we are all guilty of stigma one way or another because we just judge people unknowingly even if we don't want to there is a part of our head that first thing that we do is to judge and what makes us better what makes us a better person is to like hinder that part of our brain or our thoughts that wants to stigmatize and tell it that no i'm better than this this is not what i'm going to do and we don't give our loved loved ones credit. We keep our conditions from them because we fear being judged or we feel like they would not understand. But we should at least give them the chance and let them decide how they feel. And they might surprise us. I remember when I first came out to my mom about my mental health status. This time I wasn't even really sure. I was still in GS something and I read about depression somewhere and I felt like, okay, these things is the same everything they said here i'm feeling so does that does this mean i'm depressed and that was like 2015 2014 ish and you know how times were then mental health has not even gotten any kind of momentum in society so the first thing my mom said was depression translate like go forbid you this child with your tongue that you say bad things don't prophesize evil into your life god will not let us see the likes of depression and then i just kept quiet about it because i felt judged i'm pretty sure if she listens to this now she would have she might not even remember saying it or something like that but it did quite a number on me that time but i'm over it i'm over it so yeah mommy i forgive you (laughs) i'm over it so i just stopped talking about it till the day i actually decided to go to the clinic what happened on that day was that um in my school god ah, this school is so stressful this school is 
like the stress of this school it's one of my major stressors by the way so i have osteoarthritis i wanted to do change of room because the room they gave me was on the last floor and i needed to be on the ground floor because i don't do well with staircase so i brought my doctor's report from home but they said no for them to do the change of room for me i have to get a doctor's report from the hospital too so they gave me a temporary room downstairs that i will stay to i sort out the issue of the change of room so the old room was scattered because i was leaving off my boxes for like two to three days and that day i just got back from the whole process of trying to change my room and i just entered the room and the whole place was messy and i was on my bed and i wanted to pick something from my box and the thought of standing up like I was so exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally. I was drained to the extent that the thought of standing up to pick something from my box, I just broke down in tears. I was wailing. And I was the only one in the room. Oh, I was interrupted. My phone started ringing. Okay, so as I was saying, I just started wailing uncontrollably. It was at that point, I just started asking myself that question. Like, Sherry, why exactly are you crying? Why are you so pathetic? You are crying because you are tired. Who does that? So I started beating myself up. And again, you always have the sense that something is wrong. You just don't know what is wrong. But you know something is definitely wrong. So the next day, I was meant to go to the clinic to go and go for a physical checkup to actually check if I have the osteoarthritis like I claimed. Because apparently, the doctor's reports from my doctor at home wasn't enough. They had to do... Um, a test themselves so when I got to the doctor's place in the clinic the man carried out the physical examination on my knee and then after when I was supposed to leave I was like I wanted to ask him something that do they have therapists in the hospital she was like it was like do I mean psychiatrists and I was like yeah something like that then he asked me to close the door that he wanted to talk to me he asked me that what happened that why do i feel like i want to see the psychiatrist uh what exactly is wrong shabi if they ask you a question you answer that was i started crying you know the will that <laughs> i cried in my room the other day was not enough i broke down in another pool of tears like i don't even know what's wrong with me i don't know i just find myself always crying i'm always sad i feel like there's this cloud over my head that it just keeps raining i feel like i'm drowning i used a lot of metaphors and then the guy was like okay you actually need to see the psychiatrist so gave me the number of the psychiatrist the room to find him and like how to get across to him he gave me dr faladi's number then i met with dr faladi I started speaking to Dr. Faladi. He was asking me questions. I started talking to him. Like, I went to the hospital for something different, but as fate might have it that day, I saw a psychiatrist. And then he started asking me questions. I was answering. I told him about my childhood, which is another story for another podcast. I told him about everything uh, I had to go through. Then he shared, like, as I said, he said, Sharifa, I will have to let you know that you are. He started by breaking down the steps of depression, um, the stages of depression for me. He started by saying there is mild, there is moderate, and there is severe. He told me I had severe depression. 
So, the fact that they were severed before it made my heart skip like a couple of beats. Like, did not tell me I have depression. You told me, you just told me I have severe freaking depression. And it was like, I wasn't really surprised because it was something I always knew that I always knew that something was quite wrong. But the fact that he puts the severe in front, that severe. It's like made me understand made me understand the gravity of the issue on ground and i did not even tell my parents about anything me you know i told you that since the first time i tried to come out to my mom and then she shot me out like i was saying nothing since that time i did not i never used to tell her anything again so yeah one lesson we can pick from that if any parents listening to this like when your child approaches you to tell you something, don't just shut them out. Don't make them feel like they are not heard. Even if what they are saying is utter rubbish, even what they are saying is completely stupid, even if they are saying nonsense, just try to like see things from their own point of view and like make them understand that, okay, but what if it's not this way? Try to establish um communication don't make it just a one-way thing as i was saying so i didn't tell my parents about anything i started medications i was buying my medication myself out of my pocket money i was doing everything myself i went home i didn't tell anybody about anything absolutely nobody about anything but the second day i told my friend one of my friends i told her that i went to see a doctor this that 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 so on to the circle like i'm leading on to when i got my second diagnosis that made my parent um aware of the situation because i've had like four to five diagnoses over time um i got to yeah there was a day in class i was having a lecture i don't know i was just hearing some subtle voices telling me to just leave the class so i stood up and i left the class because i was getting uncomfortable then i was meant to have our next class in the teaching hospital then when i got to the third floor which was the la- second to the last floor of the teaching hospital the voice was telling me to jump at that point i was suicidal but i never actually thought on acting on it but the voice was so loud so commanding and was really loud that was the word i used to describe it every time the voice was so loud was telling me to jump and then again i knew something was wrong so i just ran downstairs straight to my doctor's office without an appointment because at that point i was already having a panic attack so i was just shaking i was shaking i was kicking he asked me to calm down asked me what was wrong i told him that i was upstairs and a voice kept telling me to jump a voice kept telling me to jump it was like i should calm down then it gave me my second diagnosis that my severe depression is um i'm already having severe depression with psychosis along the line of like i've started borderline schizophrenia because of the auditory hallucination and they will have to admit me at that point they couldn't admit me without my parents knowing so that was when they had to bring my parents into the picture like i've been taking medications this is what i've been happening they've been managing me for months now and my parents had no idea so they felt really bad because all this was going on and i didn't tell one of 
the things that happened around that time too was like another kind of stigma was the fact that i don't know my mom i don't even want to get into this at this point but let's just say when it comes to mental health the older generation is not exactly usually forthcoming they are not usually quite understanding they don't know what is going on and the fact that they are elderly they are supposed to know everything but still they still can't wrap their head around this i don't know whether it scares them and they try to put out coping mechanisms and they just end up ruining everything so i guess it's all coming from a place of place of love they are all trying to like understand but understanding mental health is quite tasking especially if it's happening to someone you love and you are just learning about it for the first time so my dad even fought with the doctor that how will you be treating a minor for months without letting her parents know and it was the whole thing at that time so that was what happened that was how i started talking that was how my parents got to know about my mental health then like after i said african parents i also went through the stage of doing prayers doing rukia i was told i was possessed they had to do deliverance for me to not solve anything because we are still on the matter as it means was possession that first rukia would have like solved everything she gets but yeah so that's to say wasn't possession it was strictly medical psychological mental health issue so let me just round this up by saying the don'ts do not joke about mental health like we are putting so much effort into being taken seriously it doesn't help when you make snide comments and joke about it it's fine when someone that has a mental health issue is making jokes about it as a coping mechanism. But you that you are absolutely clueless have no right. It's just like a white person joking about being black. No, that's racism. He has no right. But a black person can joke about the struggles of being black. That's funny. You get, I think that analogy settles it. Another thing. We are not mad. We are not crazy. We might have hard time. We might have a hard time sometimes distinguishing between reality and what is not reality. But that does not mean 24-7 we are not in our senses. We notice the looks. We notice the stares. We can hear the comments. Because I remember the, yeah, the first time I wanted to get admitted... They didn't want to admit me in the mental health ward because someone ran away from... They didn't want to admit me in the mental health ward because they were having a rehabilitation thing there and they didn't want to put me together with the drug addicts because they didn't want it to affect my mental health. So they wanted to put me in a general ward. So they had to speak with the nurses on duty, the people, the matron, the people in charge of the other ward. And then the nurse were like speaking. I was seated there. And they were having their own conversation at the side 
saying things like no they cannot allow her because the last person for mental health that they put there the person ran away that they won't they don't want mad people in their world that was just wrong that was all shades of wrong was i i felt i felt really bad i was journaling at the moment and i remember what i was writing like why are they talking about me like i'm not here like i can hear you and i have feelings you are hurting my feelings can you stop talking about me like that and i'm here so we we really we have to do better we need to do better we should stop talking about people with mental health issues like they are not there like they are mad like they are crazy like they have no grasp on reality we are in our right senses we just have too much emotions sometimes everything that happened is like within a short period of time it's not like that's how we live our life 24 7 we have that's why it's called episodes it happens we did like in episodes and trust me every single thing that happens during our episode we remember after i remember when i was admitted one time too and then one girl she has ptsd she was shouting because she was having hallucinations and all then the next thing this was even in accident and emergency the people around didn't even know what was happening it was because i had the knowledge of mental health and everything that i realized that this person is not having an asthmatic attack or everything she's having a panic attack she's having an episode because she kept screaming leave me and stuff like that that is not sign of something that is like has to do with the body it has to do with the mind then the next thing i was hearing the nurses talking about like i have problem with nurses <laughs> i don't the next thing i was hearing the nurses talking about was that they were looking for a rope like they wanted to tie her what is that you please you can sedate her do sedate her i have no problem with sedation but don't you try to tie somebody don't tie them unless the person is like bipolar and aggressive i'm not saying that you know there are stages to this thing like the kind of bipolar that is throwing punches yeah when you are aggressive and person can be armed to themselves or to their environment that is one thing but when the person is just trying to express themselves and they feel like nobody is listening and they just keep trying to express themselves and they still feel like nobody's listening and the next thing you feel that you should do is just tie them down that is wrong another thing never say they are being dramatic that's the whole point drama i don't even know i I swear i don't know how to express this i don't know but just don't don't say someone going through an episode is being dramatic it is all shades of wrong it is wrong it's a no no don't say the person is being dramatic it stings it hurts and we have feelings too and unfortunately for us those feelings are more intense than that of others so what if you are telling like a person that is not having a mental health issue that they are being dramatic they might just take it as being an adjective of course it's not just an adjective it's you qualifying our entire existence because we already have enough hard time trying to convince ourselves that we feel that it's not our fault that we feel the way we do that we have the right to feel the way we do so it does not really help when we are being tagged as dramatic so please don't 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 you ever see someone having an episode it's been dramatic another thing 
I want to compare the issue of having an attack to an asthmatic attack. Oh, I feel like society has a long way to go when it comes to mental health issues. Society has a long way to go. Because if someone is having an asthmatic attack, everybody knows that you rush the person to an hospital. But if someone is about to have a panic attack, panic attack comes in stages. It starts gradually. You first feel the horror of panic attack around you. You know you are going to have a panic attack. Then things start to progress. As you start having a panic attack, the fear that you're having a panic attack will like even aggravate the issue. It's like a progressive thing. <laughs> if you do not know how to handle the situation, like if you are not a doctor and someone is having an asthmatic attack, the way you don't give first aid or try to do whatever, please don't just take the person to a hospital. Don't try to use words because you never know what the person's history is. You don't know what the person's trigger words are. If you don't know what to do, do not wing it. Don't try to say, oh, I can handle this. If you are not experienced, please, you cannot handle it. Call someone who can or take the person to an hospital. Last thing, but not the least, the issue of savagery. Bad bitch, you are a savage. You are running your mouth, insulting every person. That's not right. It's not fair. I've said it. You don't know what anybody is going through. Don't be saying, mm-mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I, I never bought into that idea of you saying you are a savage. So you have the right to be mean to everybody. What's that? What's that rubbish? We stupid savage. If someone is savage to you too, will you like it? There's nothing yeah, there's nothing nice about being savage. There's no bad bitch there. You're just mean. You're just being mean. And that's bad. Okay? Yeah, so don't do it. <laughs> yeah, so I think I've said more than enough. This podcast is going to an hour now. So let me leave you guys to it and save some for our next episodes. Thank if you listen to this point. Oh my god. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to the movement that you are you are being a part of this. And I hope you've learned a thing or two from this. Yeah. That's thank you for joining us. Till next time. I want to say a big thank you to Hafrid and Afsat for joining this episode and allowing themselves to be featured and also not staying anonymous, owning to what they've said and like putting their names out there. Thank you very much, and I hope you guys have a very nice day. Bye bye.